do not adjust your set. There should be a line here, but it's not there. Pendleton 10 has gone in person. So our diaries have connected and we are in London office. And here we are to do Pendleton 10 for you to talk about the funding code regulations that have just come in, talk about Labour's policy um, in financial services and pensions, to talk about retirement commissions and a slightly rambly rant about state pensions. Well, Dave, we just missed it last week, but the funding regs are now out. Do you want to talk us through some of the highlights or indeed some of the lowlights? Yeah, so um, another long-awaited bit of legislation. You know, we previously we had the general code, just for those that may have forgotten, we had the general code the week before, another long-awaited bit of stuff from the powers that be. And this one is the funding regs, which we need to be able to have a new funding code, which we've been talking about forever. I mean, at least at least forever. So it's taking ages. Finally got these um, regulations out. Is there much different in there? And if you read the executive summary from the pensions minister, you would think there is a lot different in there. There isn't a great deal of difference in there. So the direction of travel is still the same. So it's all about reducing risk um, um, in DB schemes. So we're talking about investment risk. So that means going into into gilts and bonds and things like that to, to match your liabilities. It's ensuring you get as much money from your sponsor while they're there. So there's a little bit more in there about affordability and how you get contributions out of uh, the sponsor while they can. So there is some modeling in there actually about how sponsors might see their contributions go up um, by 20%. However, there's a big caveat, there's a big however to that. That's based on pre, I don't know what we're calling it now, pre 2022 event um, changes. So the Liz Trust and quasi saying budget changes. So that might not be quite so significant when it comes through. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there about you know what extra work schemes will need to do. So they'll need to um, yeah, prepare the statement strategy, which details how they're going to get to this low dependent state. So as I say, I think the direction of travel is still the same. There's a lot of detail that's not in there. So there's a lot of stuff we'll need to get from the, um, the, the code itself. So there's a lot of emphasis on the regulator specifying and defining what a lot of this stuff is. But it's the step we need. It's enforced from the 20th of September this year. So valuations from that point onwards will need to comply with this. I mean, that's as of today, but who knows what these things they do tend to change. So that's where we are. So Simon, um, the Labour Party have broken some cover, I would say. I think we've been long awaiting to hear some information about what they think about financial services and uh, pensions, and they've introduced a policy paper uh, last week, and you've been taking a look at it. What do you think? Um, well, uh, they want to, if they're elected, they want to have a pensions and retirement savings review. Quite exactly what uh, that will entail, we don't really know, but they have said that they want to address the barriers to schemes investing in productive assets rather than productive Ooh. finance. Rebrand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, including cultural and regulation-induced risk aversion. So your point a moment ago, Dave, when you're talking about the regs coming out and, and saying that it's all about reducing risk, uh, well, Labour wants to turn that focus on its head and uh, and remove cultural and regulation-induced risk aversion. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, we also uh, are going to see them seeking to enable greater consolidation across all pension schemes and as has been hinted at previously by Rachel Reeves they to give the regulator new powers to enable them to force schemes to consolidate so that narrative will not change uh, I think it's it's been moving in that direction 
uh, for a fair while now. And it looks very much as if we uh, have a, a change of government, which is looking increasingly likely um, that that, uh, that will still move in the same direction. So more of the same, really. Mm. Um, there have also been calls for the pensions minister, Paul Maynard, to uh, stop the constant tinkering and set up a, a, a commission to look at pensions. Whether that will happen, well, it's certainly not going to happen before the uh, the general election, and whether that will then continue to be fought for afterwards, uh, we again wait to see. There's a lot of waiting and seeing at the moment, isn't there? Well, yes, yeah, definitely the way. I mean, the thing about independent commissions or retirement commission or a savings commission, these often get called for, and they sound great in principle, but politicians like to have control over pensions, and I think it's very difficult for them to give that power up willy-nilly. So I'm always a bit sceptical whether they would happen. They might be fantastic. They might be great to have. I'd like to see something a bit wider than just savings and pensions, you know, sort of a societal state pension, long term savings, long term care, all this kind of stuff. These things are all linking, you know, we're, we're living longer. You know, just talking to our HR manager and she's, you know, we're re reaching our 50s together and she's talking about, you know, what the next 50 years will be like. And there's lots of talk about that. And so this kind of for the future seems to be something that we should be talking about. But mm -hmm. I don't know how to construct that in a way that's actually going to come up with something meaningful, but also, like I said at the top, not to get rid of powerful politicians to do what they want to do when they need to do it to win elections. And will we uh, still be doing this in 50 years, Dave? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that scared our viewer. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Dave. The, the, the politicians do like to retain uh, control. And when you've got so many conversations now about productive finance or productive assets, call them what you will, um, the politicians very definitely want to get their hands on pensions money and use it in a way that <laughs> they they think will benefit the country. Uh, whether it does or not is a, a completely different matter. Um, would they then uh, allow an independent commission to take that, uh, that decision away from them? Uh, no, is the simple answer to that. Of course, they're going to retain control of it. So as much as people want to sort of save a rattle and, and say, oh, we need an independent commission to stop the tinkering, will the tinkering stop? No, no the tinkering will continue. Dave, you mentioned you were talking with a colleague about the next 50 years, and we've we've got some joyous news. Uh, I noticed in the uh, in the press this morning saying that the state pension age will soon need to rise. Uh, yes, I mean I think it probably will need to rise. That is almost a, a an obvious statement in some respects, but it's such a difficult subject to talk about because it has so many different levers, and it kind of goes back to the point I was making about having sort of a long term sort of view on what we want and, uh, and the state pension is central to that you know being the age you know when you want people to stop working so we think you're no longer productive we want you to move on from the the, the working population and move into the retired population having that set at an appropriate age for society is incredibly difficult because people are healthier for longer that's fantastic and we were all happy about that but do people should people be doing manual labor into their 70s Probably not, but I don't know. I know. What is a state pension for? Is it to give people a long holiday or is it just to tie them over when they need some money, see them through when they are no longer productive for society? State pension age also has implications for succession planning, people coming into, into the, the working population. And I think it's just an incredibly difficult subject to find an answer to and things have to happen slowly. So this is a sort of a slow burn. So, and the UK, we tend to put up with state pension age rises relatively in a relaxed manner on the continent it tends to be a little bit more 
um, controversially um, dealt with. And again, so our, our politicians probably should feel it's quite easy to raise a state pension age, but again, when, how, to what level do you code it in for now for the next 50 years and so people know where they stand? People still think it's 65. I was doing member presentations last week and people are still talking about state pension ages being 65. People don't really understand how that works and it's incredibly difficult. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for our first in-person um, Pensions in 10. It's very strange. It's, it's probably strange for you seeing us both sort of sat next to each other. It's, it's strange for us as well, actually, isn't it, Dave? But, uh, it's been a bit weird. It's been a bit weird, but it's been lovely. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.